kids last night and when I say kids we don't literally have children it's not our children it's our it's our theater children (laughs) it's our it's our our students Uh, um they were having a night you can just tell gosh they were having a night and so in an effort to just like cheer them up a little bit or just like to let them release we did this thing where they could share whatever they wanted happy sad in between and we'd either make like a sound of exasperation for them for like a bad thing yes or or we would we would do a a singular clap clap. if it was a good thing but then it like expanded and there was like the rules like it just we there were lost control quickly weird noises happening. We lost control a lot quickly last <laughs> yes, night. Yes, we did. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's All's fine. fine. It's fine. But welcome to the podcast. To the podcast. If this is your first one, you're probably utterly confused. Yes. Should we do like a, a recap sure. of Sure. Just because it's been a sure. while. If you're listening for the first time, um, I'm Megan Warren and uh, beside me is... Steph Delisi. <laughs> Sorry, I did that very awkwardly. <laughs> um, and we are to... Uh, I guess we're not freelancers anymore. I mean, I'm still technically a freelancer. We're two theater people. We're business owners. We're business owners in the Quad Cities, which is the line right on Iowa, where Iowa and Illinois meet. Mm -hmm. There's a collection of five cities, technically, but four major cities. And we are, we reside in the Quad Cities. We own a performing arts studio called Double Threat Studios. We've done the podcast now where we pit two musicals up against each other for the last year and a half. Mm -hmm. Steph does a whole bunch of freelancing and is the director at a local high school. Um, So we do it all and just love, just love theater. We love it so much. We love musicals. And so this is the podcast you're listening to. Now, honestly, this is a weird episode to be joining in. This is a not our usual, so I don't want to say like stop this one and go listen to a different one because this one's going to be great. The but format will just the be format's different, different than usual. Yeah. But before we jump into that, how are you? I mean, in my current state or just in general? Um, <laughs> your choice. Um, we'll go with in general. Current state, I'm like getting a migraine, so we're like not trying to rush this episode. But trying to get it done. Steph before showed I... up and was like, "I'm having trouble reading." And I yes. was like, "Oh shit!" So we're just trying to get it done before I go home and crash. But uh, in general, it's actually it's been a very good week. Like it's felt long, but it's been good. Yeah. I can't think of anything specific that I've done this week because Me too. <laughs> I was no, like, you're right. "This week is a blur." Yeah. Oh, oh, I I can think of one thing. So I have been prepping for like. Probably about two months now, one of our local community theaters, which is kind of like 
the community theater that's very special and close to my heart is doing something rotten next summer. And so what they do is they announce their show lineup and then you can apply um, either alone or as part of a production staff and then they do interviews and then that's how they decide on the staffs for the next year. And so um, I put together a bitchin' team. Yeah, it's such a good team. And we we applied and we interviewed and we got it. What? And I was very nervous because yes. we had some very, very like stiff, good competition yes. where like the yes. show would have been wonderful yeah. with them yes. as well. So, yes. but I'm just super excited and like, I don't think it's fully sunk in yet that like I'm getting to do, do this show, but I'm, yeah, I'm just so excited. Yes. So I've kind of been on like a little bit of a high this week because I'm like, yeah, just a good thing. Something that you worked for for so long, yes. finally coming to fruition and yes. finally being like, cool, I get this opportunity. And- yes. Well, and it also, I don't mean for this to sound bad and it's probably going to come out bad. So I'll explain myself, but like, it's nice having something that's not attached to the studio. Yeah. If that no, makes sense. It does make sense. Because I feel like a yes. lot of, well, I mean, for both of us, a lot of our professional successes lately have, like, been yes. studio related. Correct. And so it's nice to have, like, something that is not tied into that as well. Yeah. That I can be like, ha So, anyway, if you reside in the Quad City area, there will be auditions in February. Get ready. I am so Ooh. excited. Um Ooh. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it. That and then we had a puppy visit us at the studio. And uh, like I still just like my heart. Yeah. He's so cute. His name was Earl. Yes, Earl. And he just like, they don't know what kind of dog he is. He's definitely got pug, pug in him because yeah. he's got the little curly pug tail. But he's got like the most little wrinkly old man face. And he's so small. He's and so he cute. just wants love. And I just. Oh, he's so cute. It's so cute. Uh, if Piper could deal with it. Ew, yeah. If. Taylor could deal with it. Yeah, yeah, fair. <laughs> if anyone at your household. If anyone in my think, household. I think you are literally the only one on oh, board. the only one. Yeah. <laughs> Every single the other only one. thing at your house oh my is gosh. like, hell no. Yes, everyone else would be like, um, you can leave now. Like, yeah. What about Bear? Fine. Bear could use a little Earl buddy. <gasps> Do you want a friend? Bear and Earl. Oh my gosh, he did just sit up and look straight at me. He got so excited. I think he... It's because you made a gaspy noise, and that's whenever I do when I say, like, want to go O-U-T. Yes. I'm like... Yeah. And he, yeah. like, perks up. Oh my gosh, speaking of, I think Piper's starting to learn what different spellings spell. mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. I think she's starting to figure out W-A-L-K. Yes. Because she'll, like... She'll, like, she'll like, perk up a little things. bit. So, yeah. Yeah. Dogs are learning to spell. Yes, they are. It's fine. We're fine. As long as she doesn't figure out what C-O-F-F-E-E is, because that's, like, her favorite Favorite thing in the whole world. world. Not actually coffee. No. No, no, no. She gets gets a pop cup when we go, but, like, she now knows if we say, like, do you want to go get coffee? Like she knows that that means that's where we're going, and that and either there's whipped cream at the end. Yes, her. there's whipped cream in a cup, and it's gonna be great, and she's gonna be happy. And we, you know, we always go to the same place, so like they know her, so she gets told what a good puppy she is, even when she's not being a good puppy. And yeah, all the things, all the all things. things, all the things. Anyway, how are you? How's your week going? <laughs> it was great until Wednesday. Yeah, and then things just went to shit. Yeah. Just went to shit. And Literal so, shit. Like, like it was actual just, shit. No, but like, wouldn't you just knowing what you know? I'm yes. gonna be very vague. Yes. But like, knowing what you know, wouldn't you be like, oh yeah? Like it just sort of was like no. a giant, like just like tailspin turn. No, I mean, literally, it was. I was like, having a great week, and then it just, not like, to overshare, but like, 
Megan and I had a really great conversation, and then later I went in the back, and she was just like, not having not it. Having and it. I was like, oh, okay, um, shoot. Like, yeah, yeah it was it was just a total 180. Uh, so. And then on top of everything else, which I'm being very vague about, but like on top of everything else, I just signed Bear Up for Daycare, as yeah. you heard in the last yeah. episode. Guess who came home yesterday and then began coughing? Bear. Okay, now not like a huge deal, except I just dropped all this money on his daycare expenses and then brought him to the vet this morning to be told that he can't go to daycare for the next few weeks. So basically, it's just been a bad week and just like, well, that's not true. Like the past yeah. 36 hours. <laughs> yeah, it's been not great, yeah, but yeah. I'm trying to keep yeah. positive, trying to keep positive, oh, all the things, but I'm really, actually, I'm, I'm really excited. The podcast is always a positive thing, but, like, I'm really excited about today's podcast, so, yes. like, I'm letting yes. that be my positivity. Yes. Anything else? I don't know. I'm trying to think. I ate a really great McDonald's breakfast sandwich right before Yay! Yay! What a great segue! No. Not at all, Not but at all. let's but do anyway, it. <laughs> Our theme speaking is, of McDonald's. Speaking of McDonald's, <laughs> let's talk about our theme. Let's talk about our theme. Yes, let's talk about our Because I pitched this theme because I had a very specific idea with what yes. I, where I wanted to go with this theme. So I pitched to Steph our, our theme this week, and what I pitched is a musical that means something to us. Yes. Because I thought that was like a big enough theme that we could maybe cover some of the shows that we like can't necessarily pair together, but we wanted. Right. So Steph, like, I think you turned to me and were like, would you know what you want to do? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I do. And I said my show. And then Steph goes, God damn it, yes. that's the one I was going to do. Like, that's the same thing. And I'm trying to be very vague here yes. because I, I don't want to give away what it is yet. Because I kind of want you to guess. Guess right now. Did you guess? Okay. So I was like, oh, well, like, we'll do a different theme. Like, we'll figure it out. And Steph. Steph was like, no, 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 no. I instead can do High School Musical. Yes. And I was like, but... It's not the, like, once you hear what the show we're yes. doing is, it's, like, not the same. They both, like, mean something, but it's, like, not. Right. Would you agree well, or not? Yes. And I, like, I said to Megan, like, knowingly, like, y- y- the show you are choosing will 200% win. Like, yes. High School Musical yes. is not even the same in the same caliber. I was say, it just doesn't even seem like a fair matchup. No, it really doesn't, but, like... For me, it also fit the theme. It did. But just in a different way. It fits the theme, but it just also isn't a fair mashup. But then also, I was talking to my friend Kaylee. Hi, Kaylee. Hi, Kaylee. Uh, She listens. And I was telling her about, because she asked what the theme was for Mm -hmm. this week. And I was telling her about our matchup. And she goes, well, no, you should both just do the show that you were originally going to do. Because there's, one, so much information. But, two, like... It would be really cool to hear you guys just really go into depth with it. Mm-hmm. And then three, this show, I'm going to say a statement that I said to Steph earlier. This show is like the Hamilton of our generation. Yes. And like Agreed. our generation Agreed. can still enjoy Hamilton. That's not what I'm saying. And you know I do. And you know she does. <laughs> uh, but like this was the musical that was like the hype musical in the early yeah. 2000s, mid 2000s, like I mean, even to this day, still it's still hype. But like yeah. I don't know, I talked to some of our students and they don't know this show. Oh, I know, and uh-uh. it makes me so sad. But uh-uh. then you think in a few years something else is going to come out, and the kids, you know, in future generations won't know Hamilton. Right, it's the same thing. Well, I mean, and this show is new, almost 20 years old yeah, at this point, which doesn't and feel so, that way. No, not at all. But not enough all. of being vague. Our show for this week is. Butter, 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 but
Wicked! We've been waiting. Did you sing it? Wicked! I did, but not well. Not well. No, I caught it. Steph, you're getting better. Oh, hush. It's Every time you say that, though, I curl up into a ball. and like, I know, and then you doubt yourself. But yes, 100%. Our show this week is Wicked. It's Wicked, you guys. And I'm so excited. I could cry. Um, so there will be no matchup this week. No. It's just mm-hmm. Wicked. But I did think. You we'll can vote for Wicked or Wicked. Wicked or Wicked. But yep. I also thought we could post on our Instagram story and do Are You a Glinda or an Alphaba? Ooh. Just like a cute one. Ooh. Just like a fun one. And Ooh. so we'll talk because I know exactly what I am. And I wish I wasn't, but I know exactly what I am. What do you think I am? You're an alphabet. No. No. You don't, You really think I'm an alphabet? In a you versus me matchup, yes. No, just like personality Oh, wise. in general, a Glenda. Yeah. But like, if we're going like us and our dynamic, I feel like you're more Alfie and I'm more Glenda. I don't know. Really? Maybe that's the vote. Interesting. Who is Steph and who is Megan? Because <gasps> I don't know. See, okay, I but you're equal you, mixes of You both. threaten to murder people more than I do. Okay, I but that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't immediately make me an alphaba, right? Okay, hold. Side note. So, Monday at rehearsal, I no, was... No, you're not going to No, I have story. to tell the no. story. I have to because it no. actually came okay. up to in front of the younger kids last night and they were appalled. You were not in the room oh, for God. this. So, we were in the middle of Adam's family rehearsal and I was just telling the kids, like, basically, like, this is your formation. If you wind up behind, like directly behind somebody, it's your job to move, which is something I shouldn't have to say, but I inevitably have to say yeah, it all sure. the time because people will be like, I'm standing directly behind so-and-so. And I'm like, then step to your left. <laughs> so anyway, I had told them, I said like, hey, like guys, you know, whatever. And I was like, now if like you keep winding up behind somebody, like I'm going to chop off your finger. And then so I, I don't, don't remember if it was Megan or somebody was like, and Megan will make it into a necklace. Cause that has been a running joke is like, Megan will make finger necklaces. And Can then Megan and goes. Just talk about how, how bad this sounds. So bad. So bad. All with love. All the kids understand it's, it. They think it's hilarious. It's Can I also special... like put it aside? They also think it's so funny when Steph's like, and I'll chop your fingers off. And then right. my joke is as the weird kooky one. Yeah. like, and I'll make a necklace out of yes. it. So like, yes. it's all in fun. No one's actually physically harming anyone. But then Megan said. <laughs> it's not my finest moment. Nah. I'd make a dress out of them. And I was like, a dress out of fingers? And like... A finger dress. A finger dress. A finger dress. Well, and then she tried to make it better by being like, maybe a finger scarf? And we're just all like, no. Because my thinking was, at this point, we've done three shows, and we've threatened to chop off and wear fingers for three shows. You have said you would wear them. I would have never said I would wear their fingers. Okay, but like, we're lumping it together. By this point, I have enough fingers to go beyond a necklace. You you really could. I could open a finger shop. Oh, God. Please don't do that again. She just did, like, spirit fingers at me and very aggressive eye contact, and now I'm scared. Make it open enough fingers. Anyway, shop. are we Glenda or Alpha by oh you decide? Oh, God. That's the vote. I or we're just fucking weirdos at this point. You're not Linda or Alpha, but you're just fucking weird. Oh my gosh. Which, true. True. But I thought we should start by telling the people why. <laughs> the one person that's the still here. The one person that's still here after. Finga, fingastore. 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 But it's like F-E-N-G-A. Finga. Finga? <laughs> yeah, right? But anyway. Can the outside, can like the marquee also have two little hands just like... 
and wiggle they, their like, fingers. Move on the hour. Yeah. Like, every hour it chimes. Yes. And they just go wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Much like the dragon <laughs> in block in Wicked yes. or something All in Harry that? Potter, the wiggling fangas. <laughs> There's our band name. Okay. If we ever decide to create a band, the, the Wiggle and Fangas, but it's F E N G A H S. Yeah. Lord, anyway, let's get out this us. conversation. Why does Wicked mean something to you, Steph? Besides it being just a mega musical yes. and fabulous and lovely. So I was trying to think back, and I think Wicked was actually like the first like professional production I ever saw. Um, I saw it in Chicago twice, and then I also have seen it. Oh wait, maybe I've seen it in Des Moines twice too. I don't remember. Shit, you I've, I've seen it three or four times. Um, and I'm jealous. With my family. Oh, and I saw it in Peoria once, too. Badges? Maybe. Maybe. So, I've seen it a lot, only because, like, it is that spectacular. There are some shows that, like, I will go to and I'll see them down. once and they're wonderful, but I don't need to see them again. Like, uh, Color Purple is that way. Oh! From, well, Travis like, Street. I saw it and it was beautiful, but, like, it's not one that I'm like, I have have to see it again. Like, if I got to see it again, it'd be great. But, like, I don't have to see it again. A travesty, but fair. Yes. So, but, like, Wicked, I mean, oh my gosh. Like, I, honestly, I would pay the ticket price just to see the Act 1 finale. Like, that, like, that is it. That, that is it. And, like, I will get into that when we get there. But, like, it, it's a show that, like, my whole family really enjoys. So, I've gone with my family multiple times to see it. Like, we all love the music. We all love the story. Like, it's just, like, it's a nice, Yes. Well, yes. you've told the story about how everyone looks at you yes. during Defying Gravity because yes. you're sobbing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, that's, you know, like, the running joke in the family is, like, oh, it's Jeff, you know, Jeff's crying a whole bunch. So uh, my friend Caroline, I don't know if she listens or not, but she, she and I worked together when I worked at the museum. And she is, like, one of my closest friends. And she, for a really long time, was like, I don't like musical theater. And I was like, okay, but ha- have you seen, but, like, good musical but- theater? <laughs> And she'd be like, I don't like musical theater. And so when Wicked came to Peoria, which is like about two hours away from here, it's not far. I said, can I buy you a ticket and take you to see Wicked? And she was like, well, I mean, you can, but like, you know. And I was like, just go in with an open mind. And like, oh my gosh, she was sobbing like into the opening. Like, and I mean, she really loved it too. Like we, it was just, you know, like I, I know there's some people that are like, Ah, uh, like it's a little bit like cheesy of a story, and you know things like that, oh, no. or like I don't think so. Taylor loves the music, but is like ah, uh, the story is like just fine well, for I think me. The and the story fine. is genius. I mean, we'll get into yes. it, but the story to me is genius. Oh yeah, I think it's so great. But like, I also can see where he's coming from. It. Like, I get it, but I don't. But whatever. It just you know, I it's just one of those that like it will never get old. Yeah, it will never it, get old. So I watched it this morning again and was like, fuck. like I just, you just forget. How good it yeah. is. Yeah, oh my gosh, you absolutely like, do. Damn it. You absolutely do. But why is Wicked special to you? Well, okay, so this is like one of my core memories. You know, have you ever heard that phrase where it's like you have a few moments yes, in your life? Yes, Inside Out. Yeah. Is that Pixar, where Inside Out, core okay. memories. Yeah. But well, the, I mean, it doesn't come from that. I know, but like, but like yeah. that's where you know. Okay, whatever. Yeah. But one of my core memories is my dad and I sitting on the edge of my bed, probably in fourth grade, mm-hmm. 
and him like just clutching the Wicked CD in his hand, putting it in my little boom box. And we just sat for whatever, how an hour and a half or however long the track is. And we listened to the whole score. And my dad through just each song, just giving me like, this is what's happening. Or like, Aww. like, oh, did you know this? And just so excited. And like, my dad is the person who like founded my love for musical theater. Like, that's the reason I yeah. am where I am today. But I just remember that core Thanks, memory. Chuck. Thanks, Chuck. Of just, of just being like, wow, this, first of all, like loving the music. But then yeah. also just being like, wow, my dad is like sitting, like, oh, this is so cool. And just that excitement mm-hmm. of having something special that was yeah. like just the two of us. Because like yeah. my mom wasn't, I mean, she she loves musical theater. Love you, Kathy. Right. But like not like totally her thing. Mm-hmm. And like my sister is like totally not a musical theater mm-hmm. person. They both like seeing shows. They yeah. both like seeing yeah. shows. Like they like it, but it's not their yeah. thing. And so it's just very cool to be like that core memory of like, this is something special. And like to this day, whenever Wicked. I feel like Wicked has, like, an anniversary concert every yep, two seconds. Yep, yeah. But whenever there's, like, a new performance or a new anniversary concert, he'll, like, text me about it. Or, like, on the phone call, he'll be like, did you see so-and-so perform Defying Gravity? Or, like, it's just a cool thing that sort yeah. of, like, unites and bonds. And, again, just, like, a memory that sticks out as, like, one of the first shows being, like, oh, musical theater's the shit. Right. You know what I yes. mean? Yes. So. Well, and I think for me to some degree, like, and not to get too deep, but, like, I've always been, like, a little bit different than the rest of my family. Yeah. And, like, not in, like, a bad way, but just, I'm a little bit different. And, you know, I followed a different path and, you know, have done things a different way. But, like, this show was something that my family could, like, we could do together. But then beyond that, like, I have an aunt that's really into this show and she's now seen it multiple times. You know, like I said with Caroline, like, that was something new we could bond over. Like, it's just been... One of those things that, like, I can bond with people from all arenas of my life. And that's really special. So oh, nice. Yay. Huzzah. Good. So that's what it means to us. So we're both coming from a very impassioned place. Yes. There now, may be tears. Who knows? There probably will be tears. So I we kind of split it up this way. So Steph kind of took care of, like, some of the background yes. info and stuff like that. But we will be jumping into each other's stuff because, yes. like, I have so much I want to share and she has so much she yes. wants to share. So Steph's going to kind of start us off and mm-hmm. I'll interlude and we'll sing and cry and do all the things. Megan will sing. I will sing. <laughs> oh, I, I listened to it again this morning. Uh, you know how some kids can rap all of Hamilton? Yeah, you can I sing can all sing of Wicked. every fucking note. Everyone. The mm. riffs, the runs, the mm. background, you mm. know. God knows! Like, everything. <laughs> all of it. So, are we ready? Yes, Buckle in. Go, yes. Steph. Go. Okay. Um, so, before I start, I actually want to implore everybody to search out this video really quick. Did you see the video from, like, reopening Night of Wicked, like, oh, last week? I watched it probably ten oh, times. Oh, my gosh. So, it's just, like, it's... I Somebody, I don't know if they're in the audience. Wicked reopened September 14th. Today's September 24th. So literally 10 days. Yes. And so, and it was kind of that week where like everything was starting to open back up. And so there were all these really cool videos coming out of like, you know, like whatever. So like the show is getting ready to start and like everybody's clapping and freaking out. And then like all of the characters like run out onto the stage and Glenda flies in and everybody's like, applauding and standing up and it goes on for like like, two minutes standing up forever and then glenda says well it's good to see me now isn't it or whatever it is she says something to that effect and like everybody just lost their minds and i have goosebumps but like it's i watched it and i was like oh like i watched it like 10 times because even just like the energy with which the ensemble comes out because they open with a good news she's dead the witch of the west is dead 
was just electric because you yeah. could just feel that year and a half of everybody just being like, it's freaking time, man. Yeah. And then she comes down and she's yeah. like, oh, yeah. God. It was just perfect. So look yeah. that up, first yes. of all, first yeah. and foremost. So But Wicked is a Broadway <laughs> musical. With music and lyrics by the one and only Stephen Schwartz. Oh, we love I almost him. said Stephen Sondheim. Oh my gosh, <gasps> Stephen Schwartz! What a different show that would be. Oh my god, it'd be so dark and scary, and you know, yeah. and, and also beautiful. And also beautiful. And book by Winnie Holzman. Mm-hmm. It's based on the 1995 Gregory Maguire novel *Wicked: The Life and Times of the Wicked Witch of the West*, which is itself a retelling of the classic 1900 novel *The Wonderful Wizard of Oz* by L. Frank Baum and the 1939 Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer film *The Wizard of Oz*, mm-hmm. with Judy Garland that everybody is very familiar with. Well, let's talk. So we've yep. both seen *The Wizard of Oz*. Yes. You have not read the book. I have not like read the it. book. And I actually have it because my sister read it and she was like, I did not like it. And it's also very different than the musical, which I'm going to talk about. I did not like it either. Okay. So when we get there, I we can talk. Awesome. Awesome. But yes, I've seen the movie, obviously, and I'm familiar with the story. And I was I was Dorothy. I think I've mentioned that. I was Dorothy my senior year of high school. Um Oh, I talked about that last yeah. week with my awkward arms yes. and legs yes. and all of that. Maybe that'll be our next cringy photo because you guys need yes. more cringy photos. Have I told you my Dorothy Gale story or no. my Dorothy story? So when I was little, I went up to my mom and I said, Mom, I want to watch that Dorothy Gale thing. And she was like, who the fuck is Dorothy Gale? <laughs> Me at three years old had figured out that her last name was Gale. For I, I don't even know if they say it in the movie. They must at some point. Dorothy Gale. Yes, yes. When uh, Miss... Yes. Whatever the neighbor's name is. Gulch. Yes, yes. But, like, my mom was like, how did you fucking know that Dorothy's last name was Gail? And so she'll tell me that all the time. Oh, I love that yeah. so much. So, composer and lyricist Stephen Schwartz discovered Maguire's 1995 novel while on vacation, much like, uh, I almost said Alexander Hamilton did with Alexander Hamilton. I can't speak today, clearly. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda did found out about Hamilton on vacation and saw immediately its potential for a dramatic adaptation. However, Maguire had released the rights to Universal yeah, Pictures and they had planned too. to develop a live action feature film. So in 1998, Schwartz persuaded Maguire to release the rights to a stage production while also making what Schwartz called an impassioned plea to Universal producer Mark Platt to realize Schwartz's own intended adaptation. So persuaded, Mark Platt actually signed on as a joint producer yeah. of the project with Universal and David Stone. Which, like, in like looking back now, made them billions of oh dollars. Oh my gosh. Like, so can much you money. imagine if they had just gone straight to a movie? Right. You would have had some people that went to go see it sure. from the book or whatever. Sure. But, like, it would have been whatever. Right. But now, it is, like, a mega billion dollar, like, oh franchise. The music, Just ridiculous. The movie and all of that. So, like, Stephen Schwartz, like, good call, man. Saw good. some shit and was call. like, no, no. We're yeah. doing it this way instead. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. So, the novel, let's talk about that for a second, is described as a political, social, and ethical commentary on the nature of good and evil, which... Falls into the musical. Yes, yeah. Um, takes place in the land of Oz in the years leading to Dorothy's arrival. So the story centers on Alphaba, the misunderstood smart and fiery girl of emerald green skin who grows up to become the notorious Wicked Witch of the West, mm-hmm. and Galenda, the beautiful, blonde, popular girl who grows up to become Glinda. 
So the story is divided into five different sections based on the plot location and presents events, characters, and situations from L. Frank Baum's The Wonderful Wizard of Oz and the 1939 film adaptation, but in new ways. So it's designed to set the reader thinking about what it really is to be wicked and whether good intentions with bad results are the same as bad intentions with bad results. Okay. So, Schwartz considered how best to condense the novel's dense and complicated plot into a sensible script, and so that was when he collaborated with Emmy Award-winning writer Winnie Holzman to develop the outline of the plot over the course of a year, while also meeting with producer Mark Platt to refine the structural outline of the show, spinning an original stage piece rather than just doing a strict adaptation of the work. Yeah, so, because you haven't read, like, so, like, let's talk a little bit. I haven't read the book. I do know some differences between the book and the musical, but I didn't want to talk about them because it also ruined some plot points. I'm not going to ruin any plot points. So I saw the musical first, and that's why I think I don't like the book as much. Okay. But, like, from what I've heard, people who even see the musical after they've read the book are like, oh, no, the musical's better. Yeah. The book is way more political. Yeah. The book really explores some of, like, the political aspects and kind of relates it a little bit more to society. Mm -hmm. So it's not bad. It's just a lot drier. If that makes sense. I would like it then because I really like politics. I think you'd like it. It's it's a lot more commentary on the political aspects of Wicked and that whole situation, which will make more sense once we get into it. There's also a lot more sex. And there's a lot more just, again, on, like, the politics and even relationships and just, like, mm-hmm. that stuff. Gotcha. It's not bad. It's just drier. There's Got a it. lot less, like, magic and wonderment. Gotcha. And I think... I Which think, is what makes Wicked so great. Correct. And it's just... It's it's a fine book, but it's just a little bit drier. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And oh, so, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But, so, like I said, I'm not going to get into specifics. Yeah. I can talk about them afterwards if I want. Yeah. But while the draft followed McGuire's idea of retelling the story from the perspective of its main villain, the storyline of the stage adaptation goes kind of far out in yeah. left field from the novel. So, as Holzman observed in an interview with Playbill, it was McGuire's brilliant idea to take this hated figure and tell things from her point of view and to have the two witches be roommates in college, but the way in which the friendship develops and really the whole plot is different in the musical. Which is such genius because it really sort of sparked a whole genre of like, oh, let's tell stories from the point of view mm-hmm. from the villain. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I don't want to say that as like a fact because who right. knows there might've been other things right. in development, but we got lots of like lots retellings of, of like, yes. let's tell Alice in Wonderland from the evil queen's perspective. Mm-hmm. Let's do a whole series of Disney villain things, yep. you know, like yep. the Cruella. Yep. I, mean, I, I want to say that Wicked was on the forefront of yep. that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which I mean is so cool because it is really like, I, I don't know, it comes back to the kind of, like, that core message of, like, you know... Are people really wicked? Right, exactly. Or do they have wickedness, wickedness thrust upon them? them? Oh, we're nerds. Oh. oh I love oh. it. So, anywho... I keep interrupting. No, 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 please. Please, please, please. this show. Schwartz went on to say that primarily they were just interested in the relationship between Galinda, who becomes Glinda, and Alphaba, the friendship of these two women, and how their characters lead them to completely different destinies. So, and then, of course, there were a bunch of modifications from the book to the musical that we're not going to talk about. So, the book lyrics and score for the musical were developed through a series of readings, and for these developmental workshops, Kristen Chenoweth, the Tony Award-winning actress whom Schwartz had in 
mind while composing the music oh, for the character. Really? Join the project I as Galinda. Did not know that, but it makes it a makes lot of sense. So much sense. So much sense. If you don't know Kristen Chenoweth, oh, please get out from under a rock. Please. Um, she is just incredible. One I mean, of the most versatile artists yes. of our time. Oh my gosh. Just second time. Belt, opera. Oh my gosh. Yolo. She was in the West Wing for several yeah. seasons. Like, oh my gosh. Like, girl can do anything. Anything. She wants. anything. Just incredible. So, um, Stephanie J. Block played yes. Alphaba in all of the workshops. Yes. So she was actually the original Alphaba in the first national tour and then joined the Broadway cast later on. Which I didn't realize that she mm-hmm. was like pre. You yeah, know, I didn't know that either. Adina, like yeah, Adina, like so well. Adele Dazim. Um, <laughs> so before fellow performer Idina Menzel was cast in the role in late 2000. So earlier that same year, the creators recruited New York producer Stone, who began the transition of the workshop production into a full Broadway production. Joe Mantello was brought in as director and Wayne Salento as choreographer. And then they brought in Tony Award winning designer Eugene Lee for the set and visual style for the production. And the production set was based on both W.W. Denslow's original illustrations for the yeah. L. Frank Baum novels and McGuire's concept of the story being told through a giant clock. So then they brought in costume designer Susan Hilferty, and she created what she called a twisted Edwardian style for all of the costumes, it's which there are so more than 200 of. cool. So cool. And then lighting designer Kenneth Posner used more than 800 individual lights to give each of the 54 distinct scenes and locations its own mood. So by April 2003, a full cast had been assembled and the show readied its debut. So initially they had out-of-town tryouts in San Francisco, and those actually received mixed critical reception. And so the creative team made extensive changes before they transferred to Broadway. And Winnie Holzman actually said of that, Stephen Schwartz had insisted on having a three-month window to rewrite in between the closing in San Francisco and the time when they would go back to rehearsals in New York because... He just kind of knew, like, hey, we're probably going to have to make some changes. So they had that three months to do a bunch of rewrites, um, which she felt what made the biggest difference in the life of the show. And that three months is what got the show to where it is now and kind of what made it work. From the articles that I read, and I read, I think it was an interview with Stephanie Block. I could be wrong. But essentially they were like, oh, if you had heard the Wicked pre-Broadway, it was not at all close to what ultimately made it to Broadway, which is so interesting because part of me is like, oh, I would pay good money to see what it was. Mm -hmm. But then also part of me is like, no, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Elements of the book ended up being rewritten. Several songs underwent minor transformations. They ended up cutting a song called Which Way is the Party, which was the introductory song to Fiero. And that was replaced by Dancing Through Life, which is such a freaking baller song. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, there was also a lot of concern that Alphabet was being overshadowed by Galinda. And so the creative team basically set about to make Alphabet a more prominent character in the story. Do you know the drama with that in the bows? Mm-mm. Okay, this is not factual because I don't have a source, but apparently, like, there was drama even, like, and I'm kind of jumping ahead, but, like, not in a way. Like, there was even drama between, I, I don't think it was between Adina and Kristen, but, mm-hmm. like, essentially it was, like, who should take the last bow? Oh, like, yeah. it was sort of, like, who does it? And there was, like, some tension there, obviously. Oh, 
And so, like, that's why that's why they bow together Got is it. because they're like the tension. And so, right. like, it's just cool to hear they that like should be they, bowing no, together. they should be bowing together. Yeah. It's like one of the only shows ever to have two female leads, right. but there's not a male lead that's even close no, to the size. Not like, at all. And so, it's just interesting to hear yeah. that initially Elphaba wasn't like or was maybe being overshadowed. It's mm-hmm. just cool to hear yeah. that. So crazy. So Wicked premiered on Broadway at the Gershwin Theater in October 2003. The cast included Kristen Chenoweth as Glinda, Idina Menzel as Alphaba, Robert Morse as the Wizard, Norbert Leo Butts as Fiero. Butts. Butts. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I knew. I know where you're going. (laughs) Sorry. Our Adams Family cast has been inappropriate with the word butt because there's little reprises called butt love in the song and they just think it's hilarious. Butts. Okay, but Norbert Leo Butts, who is amazing as Fierro, Michelle Federer as Nessa Rose, Carol Shelley as Madame Morrible, John Horton as Dr. Dillamond, and Kirk McDonald as Buck. Um, and actually, I think maybe Robert Morse was the wizard pre-Broadway, because yes. the Broadway was Joel Gray. Yes, yeah. it was Joel Gray. So, uh, the original Broadway production won three Tony Awards, um, despite being Uh. nominated for ten. It did win Best Actress for Idina Menzel, Best Costume Design, and Best Scenic Design. What a travesty. And then, I know. Who did it lose to? It, um, Once on this Island, wasn't it? No. No? I think, oh, I have it here. Avenue Q. Avenue Q. That's right. That's bullshit. Giant fuck that. Um, it did win seven Drama Desk Awards, and the original cast album received a Grammy Award. Okay. So, Wicked celebrated its 16th anniversary on Broadway on October 30th, 2019. And on October 28th, so just two days before, that was its 681st performance. It had surpassed Les Mis to become Broadway's fifth longest running show. Now... There are one million different tours and yes. worldwide productions. Oh, I'm not going to talk about it. all of them because I just it's can't. Just impossible. But um, the success of the Broadway production spawned several other productions worldwide, including various North American productions, a long-running Laurence Olivier award-nominated West End production, and a whole series of international productions. Since its 2003 debut, Wicked has broken box office records around the world, currently holding weekly gross-taking records in L.A., Chicago, St. Louis, and London. In the week ending January 2nd, 2011, so this was 10 years ago, the London Broadway and both North American touring companies simultaneously broke their respective records for the highest weekly gross. And then in the final week of 2013, the Broadway production broke the record again, earning $3.2 million in a single week. Um, In March 2016, Wicked surpassed $1 billion in total Broadway revenue, joining both The Phantom of the Opera and Lion King as the only Broadway shows to do so. And then in July 2017, Wicked surpassed The Phantom of the Opera as Broadway's second highest grossing musical, trailing only behind The Lion King. Crazy. So so crazy. There is a Universal Pictures film adaptation (laughs) that is supposed to be coming out, but they've been working on it since 2004. Yeah. Um, quite honestly, I don't want to see a film adaptation just because I think really? so. Really? It's because, like, so much of the magic 
comes from it being on stage. Oh, I get it. And but I, I just, do. I oh, don't. I, so here's my thing. Will I be disappointed by the film adaptation? Oh, yeah. But I also, part of me wants to have one that I can just watch at any time and mm-hmm. have it not be a shitty bootleg. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Even just to have, like, I just want, you know, like, kind of like Into the Woods. Like, and yeah. to be granted, I have a stage version of that. I can watch it any time. Yes. But it's kind of nice to have a film adaptation just to be like, if I really just want to watch this movie, I can watch yeah. it. That's, like, kind of how I feel. Will I be so disappointed? Yes. yes. Will it ever come close to the stage version? No. no. But, like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. So real quick, before we jump into the synopsis, I wanted to just go through a couple of like the big name replacements. Because, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Huge just names. insane. Huge names. I had, to, I had to whittle down the list because I, I was know. just like, oh my gosh. So um, for Alphabet, I whittled it down to six. Shoshana Bean. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Stephanie J. Block. Of course. Um, Anna Gastier. If you don't know who that is, she is, you do. She was the mom on Mean Girls, the movie version. Oh, okay. And did SNL and like yeah. has been in a whole really? shit okay. ton of other things. Yeah. yeah. Mandy Gonzalez, who was the original Nina and in the Heights. Oh! She also has taken over. I don't know. I think she's currently Angelica. Okay. Um, in Hamilton on Broadway. Jesus Christ. Can you imagine that credit list? Yeah, just insane. And then also, Mandy Gonzalez, uh, if you're watching Only Murders in the Building on Hulu, which I am, she actually plays Selena Gomez's mother oh. in a cameo. Lindsay Mendes, who has done yes. just everything. She was the original Rose and Dog fight. Yes. She's very good. Oh my gosh, she's very good. And then uh, my personal favorite on this list, Jessica Boss. Oh, a queen. Who I saw it live in Peoria. Um, was Jessica Voss? Yes. Are you fucking yes. kidding me? And I she, think you told me that. oh my god, like the best, the best Alphaba I have seen. And I've been very lucky in that every Alphaba I've seen has been so Incredible. good. But like, she's just another dimension. I'm gonna make a bold statement. Jessica Vosk is the healthiest vocal quality I've ever heard. Like, awesome. whenever you hear an Alphaba sing, they're fantastic. Yeah. But doesn't part of you, like, you're like, oh, my God, like, doesn't that hurt? Or, yeah, like, a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no matter yeah. how, like, good they are, she sings, and it's like the music was written for her voice. Oh it's insanity. She insanity. is. I don't want to say she's better than Idina Menzel, because Idina Menzel is, like, second to none. However, <laughs> Jessica Vosk is really Fucking good. Yeah. You can you can see videos. She was um Alphabet on Broadway for quite a while. She was also in the revival of Fiddler. She played for Masera. She's just done a whole bunch of yeah, shit. But, oh my god, she's incredible. Also, she's just like a hot mess express in real life, and I love that because I am also a hot mess express. So Jessica Vosk, look her up. Notable replacements for Galinda, uh Annalie Ashford, who yes. has done oh my god, a million things. So much a million things. Dogfight as well. Dogfight, legally blonde. Yes. Uh, uh, Sunday in the Park with George, like all the things. Um, has also been in like all things TV and movie as well. Uh, Megan Hilty, yes. uh, who was in yep. 9 to 5 Smash. and then was in Smash. And then Carol Lindsay from yes. Lucy's. Yep. Uh, Fiero seems to be the role where they get lots of like ex-pop stars. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I was reading the list and I was like, shit. Uh, so the first one listed was Ashley Parker Angel. Do you know who that is? This name sounds familiar. Okay, so I, this this was a long time ago, friends. So if you're in high school, you'd probably be like, I don't know what those is. MTV had a, like, find the next boy band show and they created this boy band called O-Town and O-Town's lead singer was Ashley Parker Angel. And okay. I cannot even think off the top of my head. Oh, Liquid Dreams was one of 
their songs. Yeah, know. which like know, but now that I'm an adult listening to that song, I'm like, oh, that song's real gross. But yeah, O Town. I'm gonna find some O Town shit and I'm gonna post it because oh, good. yeah. So anyway, Ashley and Jill Parker. Uh, Tay Diggs was Fiero yep. for a while. Oh God, I heard. Okay, again, not yes. actual. Yes. I heard that Adina like demanded that he play that part oh, for her wow. to like stay on. Oh, I, this, I'm making this up. I saw it on TikTok and like, cause they had posted a clip of him singing and they were like, I love him, but he should not have played this part. Yeah. I was going to say, it's not a Tay Diggs no. role. Like I love him. So I'll be like, it's fine. Yes. But, and so I, like, that's what I, I don't know if there's any truth to that, but you know. Ooh, yeah. uh, Justin Guarini from the first season of American Idol, who lost to Kelly oh, Clarkson, yes. he did uh-huh. it. Joey McIntyre from New Kids on the Block, and then I always mess up his last name, but Aaron Tave. Is that how you say it? Aaron Tave. Tevit, Tevit, Tevit. I think there is. I think you do say the last T. I don't know. I always. Yeah, he was also Fiero. And then the wonderful Wizard of Oz, Kevin Chamberlain, who is just. Wasn't he Horton? He was important. He's Fester in Adam's oh, family. Oh, yes, that's right. Um, he's also in the movie version of The Prom. and might be in the non-movie version as well. George Hearn, who was in La Caja Faux and then yeah. also was Sweeney in um, the recording of Sweeney Todd with Angela Lansbury as George Hearn. And then Ben Vereen. Yeah. Freaking love Ben Vereen. He's the original leading player from yeah. Pippin and has just done a whole host of other things. He plays Will Smith's dad on Fresh Prince. In the episode, Papa's Got a Brand New Excuse, which I, I only know because it's Taylor's favorite episode. Yeah, okay, right. So anyway, but those are our, our notables. I wanted to add for for like the most recent. Yeah. So who just opened like 10 yes. days ago? The Glinda. Her name is Gina Claire Mason. Yes. And the only reason I know that is because I follow her on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Her and Mary Kate Morrissey did it together for a while. Oh my God, Mary Kate Morrissey. Yeah. I forgot about her. And so oh. she's, Mary Kate isn't Alphabet anymore, but I followed them for a while because they actually opened like, it's not like a business, but like they host like a teaching workshop. Oh fun. They call themselves the double name witches because it's oh, Gina cute. Claire and yes. then Mary Kate. Kate. Yeah. And so they have like a little teaching studio they do. Oh. But so it's Jenna Claire is Glinda currently, and then Lindsay. Lindsay Pierce. Yeah, yeah. Who was she was on the Glee project? Do you remember that I show? I do remember the show. I don't yeah. remember her. It was like a reality show for those that don't know, where you could like it was like an American Idol, but your prize at the end was whoever won got to be on, on Glee. Glee. For, like, an episode, and so she was on that show, and that's how she got, like, her start. Yeah, and so now she's Elphaba. And what's funny is on the Glee Project, she sang Defying Gravity is one of her things. And so somebody on TikTok smashed up that, and it was fine, but it was Mm -hmm. definitely, like, you know... She needed work a little bit. Yeah. And then her, like, opening night on Broadway. Oh, my God. And it was incredible. Oh, my Because it was, God. like, yeah, it was really cool. So that's uh, also, things on. Also, I think I might have mentioned this, but I saw Mary-Kate Morrissey twice <gasps> as Janice was Ian so in good? Mean Girls. Oh. She was so freaking good. She, like... So Again, I'm making up lots of things because, like, I just, I don't know, maybe you're like me and you just read lots of theater tidbits and then you're trying to pull it later and you can't. But I guess she was, like, maybe rejected for being Alphaba at one point because of her vocal quality. And then worked her ass off to be it. Like, she's, like, incredible. Oh, my God. I could be, I'm I'm 100% making that up. Do not quote me on that. But, like, essentially, somebody told her she could never do it. Yeah. But then she did. I mean, fuck. Like, I... 
And granted, I never got to see Barrett Wilbert Weed live yes. in Mean Girls. But, like, when they do the, um, oh, shit. It's, like, when they've left the party and they're it's on the fun. little. That. Yeah. When she pulled yeah. that note out, I was, like, god damn, girl. Yeah. Like, oh, my god. So, I mean, just incredible. Just yeah. insane. So. God damn. God damn. God damn. God damn. That's why we're doing just one episode on Wicked. I, I honestly, like, looking now, I'm like, what a good idea we only did yeah, one. Can you imagine me trying to cover this whole thing and then you being like, oh, we have another show to go. And me being this like, let's chat about High School Musical, friends. I Zach very Ron. lovingly, when you said that was your choice, I was like, we cannot match those okay, two up. But I just I have, get it. I get yes, it. I get the reason. Yes, I yes, like, I'm not dish- yes. like, I'm not digging on High School Musical. I love High School We're going to chat about High School Musical But the reason, it, no, we need to do a drunk episode. <laughs> <laughs> and do the Battle of the High School Musicals. Yeah. That's what oh needs to God. happen. I love it. Oh, my gosh. But also, you need to watch the third saying, one. Oh, we have to make true. that happen. Yes, 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 yes. But. Okay, anyway. Are we ready? I think so. For a synopsis? I think so. Okay. <sighs> Dig in. It's a one-woman show. And really, it's a two-woman show, but a one-woman singing show. Yes. So, we open Act 1 in Oz, the mysterious wonderland upon which all of the Oz folklore mm-hmm. and Wizard of Oz is based. So, the Ozians are celebrating triumphantly the death of the Wicked Witch of the West, which is the witch with the green skin. And this is the start of the song, No One Mourns the Wicked. Mm-hmm. And it starts off with, Good news, she's dead! The Witch of the West is dead! Blah! The wickedest witch there ever was, the enemy of all of us here in Oz is dead! And we were doing like a cool dance with it. Right, so so but this good. song is epic. It's one of the I'm gonna be bold and say one of the best openers mm. of all time because Chef there's kiss. just there's just no dead time. You come no. in and mm. it's good news. She's dead, and instantaneously you're like, mm, I'm here. Like we're mm-hmm. good. Well, um, and also anybody that's ever bitched and being in an ensemble, I'm like, hello, yeah. please take a look at this show. I would give my left arm, <laughs> maybe not my right, but my left one. Sure. And it will be added to the the, the Fanga dress. That's like the special thing. It's like ten thousand dollars. A, da- a like- dangler. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna move on. Look at No, no. But one Ozian calls out, and on the original Broadway cast recording, it's just so funny because it's like, look, it's Glinda. <laughs> but Glinda, the good witch of the north, floats down on a huge fucking bubble. That's so cool. Bubble. And greets her people. And this is the, isn't it nice to see me? Mm-hmm. And then, fellow Ozians, let us be glad, let us be grateful. Now, the reason I say that I'm Glinda, maybe it's a vocal reason. Maybe I'm not thinking personality-wise, because mm-hmm. I've always wanted to be Alphaba, but vocally I'm Vo- more of a Oh, 100%. For yes, sure. I can see that. Um, but... She she greets the people of Oz, and the people of Oz continue to celebrate the death of the Wicked Witch of the West, while Glinda attempts to humanize her a little bit. After all, she had a father, she had a mother, as so many do. I know the whole thing. <laughs> I'm telling you. But essentially, she tries to humanize it, because she's like, well, like, hold up. Before we celebrate her death, like, let's, like, let's talk a little bit know. about her as a person. And so we, we eventually learn that her name is Alphaba. I don't think it's right here that we learn her name is Alphaba, but we learn her name is Alphaba, so I'm going to call her Alphaba from now on. But we learn that Elphaba, the Wicked Witch of the West's mother, cheated on her father, who was apparently the governor of Munchkinland, which I don't remember, but then watching it back this morning, I was like, oh. So he's, oh. yeah. 
Little I didn't detail. remember that either. Yeah. So, governor hmm. of Munchkinland, but essentially her mother cheated on her father with a traveling salesman peddling a green magic elixir. So the two drink, the mom and the salesman drink, they get it on. They do in this a really small, sexy yeah, dance. In oh. a small interlude scene. Said, have another drink of green elixir and we'll have ourselves a little mixer. Anyway, they get it on. And the two drink. And then we flash ahead to Elphaba's birth. It's coming! The baby's coming! And how I see your nose! I see your curl! It's a healthy, perfect, lovely little... Ah! And we discover that the baby is born with green skin from the green elixir from which Elphaba's mother cheated on with the salesman. Rude. Yeah, rude. Gross. But... Elphaba's father immediately resents the baby for being born. Um, like, immediately is like, take it away, you gross. And Glinda finally reveals at the end of this, first of all, the people of Oz are, like, not having it. They're like, nope, don't care. Like, sad story, cool, don't yep. care. But Glinda finally reveals that she did know the Wicked Witch of the West because though they weren't friends, their paths did cross at school. And this big long opener, No One Mourns the Wicked, transfers into um, it's it's Dear Old Shiz, which yeah. is the worst song of the whole show. It really is. But it's necessary because it's like a transition it's, song. Yeah. I get it. Oh, hallowed halls and fine draped walls. I know it all. Even the bad stuff. It's not bad. It's just a transitional song, but we transition from this opening story of Elphaba's, like, babyhood to them, <laughs> them meeting. It's what it is. Them meeting at Shiz University. So we yes. skip, like, 18 years of yes. life. That's that's what I meant by that. Yes. But um, Elphaba's father drops his daughters off at school because we also have found out that their mother had a second child, Nessa Rose, who is physically disabled in a wheelchair, but for whom their father pours all of his affections into. She is like the apple of his eye. In the book, she's born without arms. Yes, correct. Yes. Which is freaky as hell. Yeah, it is. It's really fucked up. Also, like, makes more sense in the musical, I think, with the way it ties in. For her to be in a wheelchair? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Yes. But, um, anyway, his father loves Nessa Rose, the apple of his eye, and essentially hates Elphaba. So he drops the two girls off at Shiz University because they're going to study. And so Elphaba's father gifts Nessa a pair of beautiful jeweled shoes before he goes. And then literally to Elphaba, he turns to her and is like, take care of her, you suck. Pretty much. And like just leaves with nothing else to say to her. So the two sisters are greeted by Madame Morrible, who's the university's headmistress, and almost immediately Elphaba's made fun of for her skin color by Mm -hmm. the other students there. She's immediately an outcast, which, like, you know, I'm not saying it's justified, but, like, she's got great... Bitches be racist. Yeah, she's... (laughs) I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. But there's a lot of political commentary in this, Mm -hmm. and that's, like, kind of part of it. Uh Uh-huh. Um... Anyway, uh, Madame Morrible decides immediately that Nessa is going to be sort of like the objects of her attentions. And so Nessa's going to room with Madame Morrible so that Madame Morrible can help her with day-to-day tasks. Even though, bitch, Elphaba's her sister and has done it her whole life. I don't understand why this happens, but whatever. So Elphaba's kind of angry because she's like, no, I'm supposed to room with Nessa. That was my job. My dad told me to do this. But also she's like my lifeline. Like my job in life is to make sure Nessa's comfortable, which is really sad. But it works. So Elphaba then discovers that she has no room assigned to her because she doesn't have a room. And so 
Madame Morrible sort of like, is there anyone that would like to share with Alphaba? Now, in enters Galinda, and it's Galinda for the first part of the show, and that is important. So Galinda has all along been trying to suck up to Madame Morrible and has essentially been like, oh, like, I want to study with you. I'm ambitious. I'm going to be the best thing you've ever had. And Madame Morrible's kind of shaken her off in this scene. And so when Madame Morrible asks if anyone wants to room with Alphaba, Galinda's like, here's my chance. So Galinda offers to room with her. And Alphaba's like, what the hell? And Alphaba gets really angry because Madame Morrible starts to wheel Nessa away. And Alphaba, sort of like out of anger and a little bit out of control, accidentally uses her magical abilities to summon Nessa's chair back to her. Mm-hmm. Now, this is like unheard of because they're at the school to study like magic and all of that stuff. But like for somebody to just be able to do it right. is crazy. So Madame Morrible recognizes the potential of Alphaba's sorcery and the strength of her power. And so in front of the rest of the students, she praises Alphaba's talent and states that she will take on only Alphaba as a student, which is like a big fuck you to the rest of the students and to Galinda. So Galinda's immediately like, well, screw this. Like, why'd I do this? So Madame Morrible tells Elphaba that she may one day work as the Grand Vizier for the wonderful Wizard of Oz. And this is the bop, the wizard and I. When I meet the wizard, once I prove my worth, and then I meet the wizard, what I've waited for since... Since birth. I love this song I get so Jessica Voss has like a million yes. variations of this on her page. So good. Fun fact, the last note, if you go to listen, this is a Chuck Warren original. He told me this. If you listen to the last notes, she sings, The Wizard and I. But if you listen to the original Broadway recording, mm-hmm. Idina Menzel is singing, The Wizard and Lie. Oh, yeah, you told me Have that. I told you this? Yes. Have I said on the podcast? I don't know if you have. I don't know. If I have, sorry, you're hearing it again. But the edges thing is so cool because that's actually a trick I use in voice a lot. The L consonant lets you flip forward and open up. So mm-hmm. if you're belting, the wizard and the lie lets you place. Uh-huh. It's inter- interesting. But go listen to it because you'll hear it now. But fucking love Wizard and Lo- Wizard and I. Such a good song. I almost said the Wizard and yeah. Lie. But such a good song. There's like this this iconic like hand raise that all yes. the alphabets do at the end. And just like, mm, I just love it. But anyway, Galinda and Elphaba begin their stint as roommates. And very quickly that they do not get along and are nothing alike. My dear father, there's been some confusing over room and here at Shiz. But of course I'll care for Nessa. But of course I'll rise up above it. And there's this big bit that if you know Wicked, like, you know where I'm going with this. But Galinda's like, for my roommate is unusually and exceedingly peculiar and altogether quite impossible to describe. And then Alphabet goes, blonde. Blonde. <laughs> And then this leads into the song, What Is This Feeling? Which which is essentially the two of them just being like, you suck, I hate you, we're never going to get along. But throughout this song, what is this feeling? So sudden and new, the rest of the school takes the side of Galinda, seeing sort of like the social advantages of being friends with her. And essentially the purpose of this song is that Elphaba is ostracized. And we can see that. Like, nobody likes her. Nobody wants to be her friend. So, Elphaba's and Glinda's clashing continues into their classes, including their history class taught by Dr. Dillamond. Mm -hmm. Now, Dr. Dillamond is a goat. Now, this is a little bit of where the book comes in, and the book explores this more than the musical does. So, in the Land of Oz, we have capital letter animals. So, like, goat with a capital G are animals that have, like, human-like qualities. Mm -hmm. They can talk. They can think for themselves. They have, like, intellectual brains. Yeah. And then, like, lowercase goats with a lowercase G is, like, a bad goat. Yeah. Okay? 
Now, this is important because it's sort of like different class systems mm-hmm. almost. And so we find out from Dr. Dillamond that lately uppercase animals in Oz have begun to receive discrimination and or have been fired from their positions. So Dr. Dillamond is actually the only animal professor left at Shiz. So Elphaba stays after class because Dr. Dillamond is like one of the only people that like treats her like a human mm-hmm. because they're kind of both ostracized in a weird way. And he tells Elphaba of a conspiracy that he's heard that there is a greater power at work to discriminate against animals and to turn them back into, like, lowercase mm-hmm. animals. So essentially, like, to turn Dr. Dillman back into a goat instead of, like, a fucking right. professor. So this is the song Something Bad. Something Bad is Happening in Oz. Something Bad. And it's... It's a it's I, I it's not my favorite song but it's yeah. a good song because you find through the song he is transforming slowly and into really a sad. lowercase goat. Oh, it's really sad. Although you want to hear a funny TikTok I just saw. No. It was Kristen Chenoweth uh-huh. going to the doors of the Gershwin Theater. Okay. I think they're still at the Gershwin. Am I wrong? I think so. And she knocks on the doors, and the like the dresser or the stage manager mm-hmm. opens the door, and she goes, "I'm here to play Glinda. I'm here for the auditions." And the stage manager's like, "No." And she's like, I could also play the goat. And she goes, something bad. And it's really <laughs> funny because it's Christian Chenoweth being like, I could play the goat. <laughs> but essentially, sad. We learn that Dr. Dilliman is losing his powers of speech. And so Elphaba tells him that when she gets her chance to see the wizard, she's going to let the wizard know that this is happening and get mm-hmm. him to put a stop to it. Okay. Now, if you are interested in this whole political like discrimination like thing, go read the book because it yeah. really delves into the animal thing uh, in the book. But in the musical, Prince Fiero arrives. A winky is what he is, which is really like a human, but like yeah. his name is a winky. Yeah. It ties into the original Wizard of Oz yes. more, and that's yes. kind of the purpose. Yeah. But uh, I said doesn't really mean anything. But he brings with him to school a sort of cavalier attitude of life. He's not in school to study or to be anything important. He just wants to enjoy himself and party. So he decides to throw an opening party at the Oz Dust Ballroom in Oz, and this is the song "Dancing Through Life." Swaying and sweeping and always keeping cool. I screwed up the words. There, I freaking love this song. It's so I freaking good. love this song. Although I do have to say, I hate. Maybe this is me being a bitch, but I hate when dancers who don't know anything about musical theater or the show use this, this song. song. Yeah, no, because it's like sense. I get it. Like you're dancing through life, and right? Stuff, but I'm always like, but you don't even know. Like I really. This was a while ago, but I really wanted um, the school that I graduated from did speech. And one of the categories in speech is musical theater. Yes. And so I really wanted them to do this as a musical theater piece and, like, choreograph to it and all of that. And it never happened. And you were like, I'm not mad about it, but I'm mad about it. But. Missed opportunity. The whole school is abuzz with the thought of having a social evening at the ballroom, right. except for Elphaba. Elphaba's like, this is a bad idea. Yeah. And she and Nessa talk about how, like, maybe this isn't a great idea. And we'll get into that in just a second. But Galinda is the most excited of them all because she immediately has her eyes on the super cute new guy, yes. Fierro, because he's a hottie. So, a munchkin boy named Buck asks Galinda to the dance with him, but she's like, no, you gross. I have my eyes on something else. So she turns him down, essentially tricking him into asking Nessa by stating that if someone were to ask the crippled girl, essentially, that that would be the way to her heart. Because she's kind, she's kind of, Glinda, love her as a character because she has a big transformation, but she's kind of like the girl that you hate because on the surface, she's kind and lovely, but in the end, you find out that she's 
been talking so shit and she's so manipulative. So she manipulates Bach into asking Nessa to the dance. Right. Under the guise that if he does that, she'll love him because mm-hmm. he'll have like a heart of gold or whatever. And then that frees Galinda up to go up with Fiera. So Elphaba and Nessa kind of discuss and, you know, Nessa sort of says, finally for this one night, I'm about to have a fun night, which this starts my hate letter. I fucking hate Nessa. She's a whiny bitch because Elphaba has taken care of her her whole life. And all she can say is, I have had a terrible life and you've done nothing but be mean to me and Mm -hmm. terrible to me. But now this boy's asked me out. It's just like a bunch of bullshit. So anyway, Nessa is excited to go. Elphaba's nervous because she thinks that something more foul is afoot. So Elphaba goes to talk to Galinda because she's like, something's rough here. Now Galinda receives this hat, a witch's hat, from her grandma. And Galinda's like, this is hideous. This is disgusting. So when Elphaba comes to talk to her, Galinda's like, here's this hat. I got it for you. Isn't it cool? I thought you could use something cool to wear to the party. Now Galinda's intentions are really to make her look like a fool because it's hideous. But Elphaba's truly touched because she's like, oh, you thought of me? Like, this is cool. So. Mean ass bitch. Yes. And so it's just a whole thing. So at the party, Bach feels bad for leading Nessa on under the guise of really asking her to get with Galinda. And so he tries to reveal his true intentions, but Nessa's like... I know why you asked me, and it's because I'm in the chair, and it makes me sad. And then Bach's like, well, fuck. I'm not going to yeah. tell you really why I did right. it. So he, like, continues to lead her on, essentially. Oh, and it's, it's really sad. so beautiful. But like, sad. It's, yes, it's very, very sad. But, like, the his, his voice yes. is just beautiful. Let's dance. Oh, I have something to say about that. So, like, yeah. my, well, all of my family are just like, oh my gosh, we love that part. But my sister saw it once and it got to that part and the guy goes, let's dance. And like, it didn't do it. And that was it. She was like, fuck. He was like, ruin it for me. But they they dance and they're doing their thing. Madame Morrible arrives at the party and tells Galinda that she will be allowing her to join her like private sorcery teachings because Elphaba asked for her to be included. Now I watched it this morning, but I, I won't like kind of skipped different parts yeah. just to kind of yeah. refresh my memory. I think it's because Galinda gave her the hat. Okay, right? I, I don't remember wrong. that, but sharp. Yes, but essentially Elphaba told Madame Morrible that Glinda should be included. Mm -hmm. And so Madame Morrible gifts her a wand. Now, Glinda, that's all she's ever wanted, has been to, like, be ambitious and to learn these things and to be the best. And so Glinda realizes that Elphaba's actually gone out of her way to be kind to her, even though Glinda's kind of been a jerk to her the whole time. And Glinda literally has, like, a fuck moment. Mm -hmm. Like, shit, I thought I was just being mean and she was, like, kind of being snotty back. But now she's actually being nice. So Elphaba arrives at the party wearing the witch's hat that Glinda gave her. And the other students just go crazy because everybody knows that Glinda just gave it to her as a joke. Yeah. So the other students attempt to, like, ostracize her again. But Elphaba's like... Fuck it. And Elphaba goes down center and does this weird interpretive dance alone. Oh, it's so weird. It's so weird. It's so weird. And the version I watched was a Chicago performance from 2006, and the entire audience was silent. Also, there are so many bootlegs on YouTube. Yes. You can watch yes. this any way you want. Yes. Um, and so, like, she just, like, does her thing, and, like, it's very awkward. But Galinda's like, shoot. Like... I need to make right. right. So Galinda joins her and starts to dance with her. And because Galinda's like the high social standing human of the whole school, everybody starts to join in. And this is sort of like the cementing of 
a friendship, but really just more of an understanding of, like, we can get along. And so everyone enjoys him. The party resumes. It's great. So, after the dance, the girls go back to their room where they continue to cement their bond and Galinda decides that if her and Elphaba are going to be friends, Elphaba's going to need a makeover. And this is the song, Popular, You're Gonna Be Popular. Now, this song, I don't know if you have the same memory I do. I remember this song playing in, like, when I went to see movies in the movie theater all the time. You know how they would do, like, the commercials? Oh, yeah. yeah. All the time. I yeah. distinctly I remember, like, I have many memories of going to the movies and going to the restroom and hearing, like, popular play over the loudspeakers. Is that weird? I don't remember yeah. that. Weird. I just Doesn't it mean being, it didn't happen. I, say, I just remember being on all the time. But popular, one of the most, you know, well-known songs from yes. the show. So, yes. Love it. Have you seen the video of the Galinda singing popular and she can't get the clip in Elphaba's hair? Okay, so go look on YouTube. I don't know what to look up, but like there, so in the song, she's like making Elphaba yes. over. She's undoing her hair and taking off her glasses and just doing all sorts of things. And she's supposed to pin a flower in her hair. Yes. And there's a video of an Elphaba and Glinda. I don't know who it is, but Glinda's trying to pin this flower in her hair. And it's obviously taking a long time, longer than it should be. Yeah. But instead of just giving up, this Glinda like <laughs> made a bit out of it. She like literally like grabs her around the neck and is like digging into her hair. And the the audience is going fucking crazy. Oh my god! Because it's gosh. so funny. Because it's just obviously not happening. Right. But instead of just like, I'm like, I'm honestly good for her because instead of just pretending like, oh theater, like it's not happening. Right. She was like, no, no. Because in real life, what would Galinda do? She yeah. would like go at it. So funny. Oh I'll look it up. But the next day in history, we discover that Dr. Dillamond has been dismissed from his position at Shiz. Ugh. The final animal has been dismissed. And though Elphaba wants to stand up and help him, no one else will do it. So he's dismissed and he's literally dragged away screaming, you don't know the whole story. The students are introduced to the cage, which is presented as like this new invention used to keep animals under control and prevent them from ever learning to speak part. yeah it's yes. pretty awful yeah but in this cage is a lion cub and we kind of learn that in the land of oz like animals can either grow up to learn how to speak and be like intellectually sound or they're kept in this cage and they just become animals and there's actually a joke made about like what kind of society just keeps animals in cages and it's like he us by you Elphaba's furious at this discrimination, and so she uses her magic, and with the help of Fiero, steals the lion cub being contained in the cage. So they kind of bond together as they release this lion into the wilderness. Now, spoiler, this lion is going to become the cowardly lion, mm -hmm. okay? So Fiero releases the lion, and they have like a little moment together, and he leaves, and Elphaba sings, I'm not that girl. Hands touch, eyes meet. Sudden silence, sudden heat. Love this song. Beautiful. She reveals that, like, she she doesn't necessarily say she loves him, but she's definitely pining after him like all the girls mm -hmm. are. But she, it's the song is more about how just she will never be the person that anyone wants because of her skin color, because of who she is. Yep. This song, I'm going to be bold. Most people will say don't use the Wicked for auditions. And mm -hmm. I will agree because you, just you're not going to be able to sing like Divine Gravity or no. Popular or anything no. correctly. But this song, I think you could use. Because if I heard somebody sing agree. this song, I would be so touched. And it mm -hmm. would just be really, it's a really good vocal yep. audition song. So 
Yes. But Madame Morrible tells Elphaba that the wizard has finally agreed to meet with her. So Fiero, Nessa, and Galinda all see Elphaba off for her trip to the train station. This is the point in the musical where Galinda changes her name to Glinda. Yes. And the way the reason she does this is because Dr. Dillamond always called her accidentally Glinda and not Galinda. And so in an attempt to impress Fiero, um, because we see that Fiero's kind of taken a small affection towards Elphaba, yeah. Glinda is like, ooh, well, if I pretend that I idolized him too, maybe he'll like me. So she starts to go by Glinda. So... Just a little detail, but it's important. So, Elphaba actually invites Glinda along with her for a day of sightseeing. And Glinda excitedly agrees. And this is the bop. One short day in the Emerald City. Oh, I thought you'd like this song. She's making it's a fine. face. It's fine. I have very strong opinions about the music in yeah. this show, just because uh, I love it so much and I've watched it so many times. This one I don't particularly care for. It's love okay. This song. I think in a movie, this song would oh, be in the a movie. Star. Yes, I yes. think this would be great. For me, it's like the gateway between, like. Yeah, you know, I get it. What is coming? But so. I love this song because the fucking costumes are incredible. Oh yes, it's like Hunger Games style, but green. But green. Yeah. It's high fashion. It's Everything gorgeous. is super exaggerated, like yes. proportions. But it's all different shades of green, and it's just beautiful. Desi Oakley. Oh, I her on Instagram. Friggin I love Desi Oakley. She was she was Jenna in one of the tours of Waitress. Yes. And for those of you who don't know, she actually was in the ensemble, and I think was a standby for Alphaba. Yes. Um, but has played Alphaba. But has, she's played Alphaba but too. Yes. But she was in the tour and she she like posts all the time her throwbacks of like her costumes. Yes. They're oh my so gosh. Cool up They're close. So oh my cool. god, it's insanity. I would kill just to like go get a tour of the costumes. But Elvaba and Glinda finally get the wizard will see you now. They get to meet the wizard, who though initially is the terrifying head that is the iconic wizard from like Wizard of Oz. A story about that. Oh really? Yeah, keep talking. Okay. And then I'll tell. <laughs> initially he's like, I am the wizard. And then he's like, oh, just kidding, it's you guys. And he comes out and presents himself as the non-scary Wizard of Oz. They find out he's really not intimidating at all, and he's actually an older man. And he sings the song, I am a sentimental man, which is a not great song. Not great but song. it alludes to the fact that he's always wanted to be a father. Hint, hint. The whole show, we're getting hints that there's going to be a big reveal later, too. Ha, no Wink. spoilers yet, but, like, Wink. think about it. So... Elphaba brings up the caging of the animals to him, and he promises he will grant her request and, like, help her, you know, break this conspiracy if she can prove herself to him that she is as powerful as he believes her to be. So Madame Morrible comes in, and it's revealed that Madame Morrible, this bitch, has been working closely with him as his new press secretary, and that's kind of why she was able to lead Elphaba to him. Yes. Do you have your head be. story? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so one of the places I saw it was the Des Moines Civic Center. Now, if you've not been to the Des Moines Civic Center before, it is, I think I mentioned this when we talked about The Lion King, like, it's not a traditional theater setup. Like, there's not an orchestra and a mezzanine. Like, everything is on this very dramatic upward slope. So that means that, like, the, the booth, if you will, is not actually, like, a booth. It's just at the top. Yeah, it's just part of it. It's just part of it. And so when we saw Wicked at the Civic Center, we were, like, way the F up at the top, which was great because you could see everything. But we were, like, maybe a row or two in front of the booth. I did not know that the person doing the voice was was up up in the booth. Really? 
it at least when we saw it. It just ruined it for you. And I like I I like almost shit my pants because it was like right behind me. Whoa, you yes, and like right behind you, like what the hell? I was like, what the hell? And turned around, and of course it's this guy, you know, doing everything live there on the mic. And I was, what is happening? It was terrifying. That's that is terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying, especially for that big booming voice to come. Yes. Well, and also like I think I've disclosed this, but I have a fear of animatronics, and while the head is not animatronic, it kind of kind of looks yeah. like it and so that itself creeps me out every single time yeah. so yeah but yeah. it's a good reference to the original Wizard of yes. Oz yes, which we is. also haven't talked about the time dragon in every version of Wicked oh there's a gosh. big dragon like thing yes. that like is up at the top of the stage and it moves and interacts yes. now that's also a bigger part of the book yes and like yeah. honestly I can't really remember what part it plays it has something to do with like 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 almost like fate, yeah. But like I that don't remember. Sense. Don't quote yeah. Me. It's very cool, it's weird. Though. Oh my in, gosh. In the book, it's yeah. weird. In the show, it's really it's cool, very and it doesn't cool. really play a whole big part in the show, but it kind of does. I yeah. But anyway, so Elphaba's been tasked with proving herself and her magic. So Madame Morrible presents Elphaba with a book of spells called the Grimmery. This is also the name of the fan book you can purchase yes. about Wicked. Yes, it is. But. Essentially, only the magically gifted can read. And what we learn is that essentially the wizard and Madame Morrible have not been able to read this book because they are not right. magically powerful enough. So Elphaba is asked to try a spell from the book that is supposed to levitate the wizard, wizard's monkey servant, Chistery. But instead of levitating him, she casts the spell and it makes him sprout wings from his back, which is yes. really fucking cool to yes, watch because it just pops cool. out of nowhere. Also, the underscoring in this scene, fantastic. Because it's the wizard and I, but it's all minor chords yeah. ending, and it's really creepy. But if you're listening, you're like, oh, it's the wizard and I theme. It's, it's yeah. terrifying. But Madame Morrible and the wizard reveal that the spell was indeed meant to make him sprout wings. And Elphaba's like, what the fuck just happened? Did I do it wrong? And they were like, no, no. We thought you could do it. Like, yes, this is great. And they reveal that they would like Elphaba to create more of the monkeys with the yeah. wings so that they can be spies, fly around Oz, and suppress any animal activity because animals are now illegal. And so Elphaba's now like, what the fuck? You guys are the ones doing this? You're the head of the like conspiracy? She's so ticked because she realizes the wizard doesn't have any real power. He's nope. a fraud. That the wizard is the one that, you know, got rid of all the animals and cast Dr. Dillamond out and that Madame Morrible's a part of it all. And so this was all a big guise just to get her to use her powers for evil. And then, of course, Galinda, you know, Elphaba's sort of like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm right. going to leave and run away. And right. she does. And But she gets even more angry because Glinda's like, no, I'm not going to leave the wizard's chamber. Like, this is my chance to like it big. And Elphaba's like, what the fuck? So Elphaba runs, and essentially, just so that the word doesn't get out that the wizard and Madame Morrible are actually these terrible mm -hmm. people, Madame Morrible warns all of Oz that Elphaba is a wicked witch, and that's where we get the first term, and that she's on the loose and she's going to cause all this chaos. And so Elphaba swears revenge on the wizard performs a spell on a broom in this attic. It's the attic of Shiz, right, that she's run away to? Yeah. I believe. I don't remember the detail. Somewhere. Um, yeah, I don't remember where. She's run away to hide because yeah. essentially all of yeah. Oz is on the lookout for right. her. And she and Glinda meet up in this attic place, broom, classroom, somewhere. And Elphaba enchants this broom and Glinda, Elfie, 
Why couldn't you stay calm for once instead of flying off the handle? Boom. I hope hope you're happy. happy. Boom. I I hope you're happy happy now. now. Boom. I hope you're happy how you've hurt your cause forever. I hope you think you're clever. Anyway. I hope you're happy. They argue because Elphaba's like, no, I need to stand up for what's right. And Glinda's like, no, this is what you've waited for your whole life. You can be like the most important person. They fight and essentially they agree to part ways because mm-hmm. Elphaba believes so fully in this cause right. and Glinda can't do it because she's so worried about her image and ambition. Yeah. You know, who's right, who's wrong is a whole argument. But Elphaba enchants the broom. It's me! It's me! The guards arrive in search and they actually take Glinda thinking that that's who they're looking for. Yep. Elphaba fucking rises from the ground. Oh my god. On the broom. And I this have is the, I this is the beginning of Defying Gravity. It's the most epic thing in the world. She screams, sings, It's me. Yes. Rises to the center of the stage and sings, So if you care to find me, look to the western sky. And as Steph someone is told me lately. And sings Defying Gravity with this huge closer scream, belting fog. The ensemble comes on and they say, Look at her she's wicked get her bring me down it is the most epic act one finale i'm gonna be bold i'm gonna say that is the best way you can end act one. Oh my god because so act good. one just ends and you're like how the fuck can we come back from that yeah i cannot do it justice if you watch one scene go watch that oh scene. my god there's also lots of funny like stories of like alphabet not rising correctly <laughs> and the yeah. what the what the ensemble in the emerald city is told is if she doesn't rise you get as low to the ground yep, as you yep. can so it, so it looks like she's rising which is really fucking funny I have but, seen it done, and it's oh, really? terrible. Like, not live, but, but I've like, seen videos of it. it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's terrible. Go listen. You listen to one thing, go oh listen to it. Oh, my God. But, 200%. I was going to say, like, whew. that song starts, yeah. and, like, I it's lose crazy. it. Like, it's I can't. Insanity. I just can't. I think what I love, and I'm going to try and be deep here. I think what I love about Wicked so much is there's so much magic and wonderment and, like, crazy, but at the heart of it is the story of just, like, human things mm-hmm. of just like yeah. who's right who's wrong who's right. good who's evil does right. ambition get in the way you know all of right. that stuff well and this scene specifically is why i don't want to see a movie because like part of the magic How of her flying yeah. is because you're seeing it right yeah. there in front of That's your face true. and like i mean you can do whatever the yeah. f you want in a movie yeah. and so yeah but yeah. That's that's my beef. But that's the end of Act One. And if you're a little fourth grade Megan seeing it, you're sobbing and being like, This is fucking cool. Yep. But uh-huh. And we, if you're thirty four year old Steph, you're fine. sobbing and you know, it's fine. It's fine. But we open Act Two on like an undefined later. Yeah. Um I you assume like a year, a couple years, yeah. something They're like that. Older. They're older. That's what you need to know. But Alphaba has sort of been transformed into this like public face of chaos sort of like enemy number one and has been given the title the wicked witch of the west again lots of political commentary about like how like the media or like political figures can transform one person into the enemy but she's essentially like the bad guy of all of us now so to act as a foil to her the wizard has promoted glinda to sort of be like the public face of his campaign and to be the good witch and has sort of made her the good witch of the north just to act as sort of like look they both came from the same place and one is good and one is evil so a press conference is held to announce like 
Glinda and Fiero are together, so to announce Fiero as the new captain of the guard, but more importantly, to keep up the image, to announce Fiero and Glinda's engagement. Uh-huh. So... They're announcing this stuff, but the crowd grows panicked as the rumors spread about Elphaba's chaos. I heard she has an extra eye who always remains awake. I heard that she can shed her skin as easily as a snake. And this is where we get the line. I heard her soul is so unclean. Pure water can melt her. And so, like, all these rumors are flying about how she's terrible. Water can melt her. She's evil. She's terrible. All the things. So... The crowd urges someone to go and take care of her and melt her so that they can be rid of this. Now, Fiero is super angry because he still, like, has feelings for her and is so angry that the crowd is smearing Elphaba's name and making up lies. Mm-hmm. But Glinda's like, don't worry about her. Like, let's worry about us. We're getting married. We're engaged. You know, this is the, the whole thing is the song, Thank Goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a celebration we'll have today. Thank goodness. And it's really just Glinda being like, don't worry about her. I'm here. It's me. Like, don't worry anything oh my goodness i i don't remember her last name i'm trying to think of it her name is Brittany. she's the first black glinda oh, yes yeah there are videos of her singing it's so thank good. goodness and god she sings the shit i out love of it. this song because you get a little bit of everything of it. and it's actually too where you also see that glinda's a little insecure in herself because the whole yes. time you've been like yeah you know thinking like oh she's so confident in herself but you really start to learn like oh no she's really insecure in herself and actually kind of took a lot of mm-hmm. lead from alphaba in like weird ways. Brittany Johnson is Johnson. Her name. Yep. Yeah. Has there been a black Elphaba? That's a good question. Okay. Let me see. Look it up, Steph. Uh... Anyway, Elphaba is now kind of in hiding because she is, you know. Um, on the West End. Oh, cool. Alexia Kadimi. Kadimi. Okay. But not in um, has only been played full t- okay to the, to date the role of alphabet has only been played full time by one black woman the extraordinarily talented alexia kadimi who took on the role in the west end cast 12 okay. years ago so not on broadway no what a shame yeah. but alphabet has been in hiding um obviously she's like public enemy 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 number one and so she goes to visit nessa just to sort of beg her and her father for some like almost like alliance just so she can have somebody so she goes to visit but she discovers that her father has passed and that nessa is now the governor of munchkinland and nessa is now like an evil bitch dictator yeah um nessa has taken away any rights that the munchkins once had they are not allowed to leave they're not allowed to do anything and really the purpose of this is so that the munchkin boy Bach can't leave her mm-hmm. which is real fucking gross and manipulative gross, but very sad it's very oh, sad and also really just like sad. she's I hate her I hate Nessa Nessa's a twat <laughs> but <laughs> while there Elphaba's like Nessa you don't have to do this you can be a part with me we can take down the wizard together because Nessa also has some powers yes. so in an attempt to, like, convince Nessa to join her, Elphaba tries to enchant Nessa's jeweled shoes into ruby slippers to allow her to walk. Because yes. Nessa's also whiny and is like, our whole time in school, you never did anything for me. You could have used your powers and you didn't, and it's just whiny. But Nessa gets her shoes enchanted and is able to walk. And so Nessa's like, oh my gosh, Bach, come here, look at my shoes. And so Bach comes and look at, looks at her shoes mm-hmm. and Nessa shows him that she can walk. And Nessa thinks that this is going to be like, like he'll want to be with her Right, now. like I'm in love with because, you. Because like, look, I can walk and I'm not crippled anymore. Right. But Bach, 
in kind of an ironic twist is like, oh, good, so you don't need me anymore. Yeah. Like, the only reason that I've really been able to even stick with you is because you had a need for me because you are, are disabled. But now you don't need me. And so this makes Nessa real freaking angry. So in an attempt to get Bach to fall in love with her, Nessa takes the Grimory from Elphaba and attempts to cast a spell to make Bach fall in love with her. But course we've learned that the grimory can only be read by those with insane amounts of magic and so she fucks it up Mm -hmm. and so nessa ends up shrinking Bach's heart instead of enchanting it and so in order to save his life nessa begs alphaba to fix it but alphaba says you can't uncast a spell once it's been cast so the only way she can fix it is for her to transform Bach into a physical form that he can survive in with a smaller heart and so alphaba transforms him into a tin woodman, which is, again, where we get the yep. Wizard of Oz lore. So Elphaba flees because she's like, fuck, they screwed up again. Right. Like, this, yep. I've made everything worse. And when he awakes, Bach is like, what happened? What What am I? Like, mm-hmm. how did this happen? And Nessa lies, saying that Elphaba came and just turned him into a tin woodsman just to be cruel. Yeah. Even though it was Nessa yeah. that fucked it up. Fucking Nessa. Fucking Nessa. That's my one takeaway from this show is fuck her. <laughs> but after fleeing, Elphaba returns to Oz and the wizard's palace because she wants to free the monkey servants he's kept captive. Yep. He's got all these monkey servants with wings, which again leads to the Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. Oz lore about why she has mm-hmm. monkey servants. Ooh, but, I totally forgot about this until just now. Yeah. I actually, I think he played history, but I um, did a... Jazz dance workshop. Oh, that's with, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Um, and it was like, there were only like 10 of us there. Yeah. So it was very like <gasps> intimate. <gasps> yes. Ooh. Steve Ewing is Watch his out, name. Watch out, Taylor. I'm going to, oh, no. 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 Heck no. I'm actually going to look him up right now while we're anyway. talking. Um, while she's at the palace, she accidentally runs into the wizard. And instead of reacting angrily or like calling the guards, like he kind of like, surprises her he attempts to convince her again to work with him because he recognizes her power and he launches into his backstory of how he came into the oz or how he came to oz in the song wonderful he did the wonderful this song is one of my least favorites in the show but it is a genius because it's all about how he came to oz as a human and sort of manipulated his way into power and it's again a very big political commentary on how like all the big historical figures in history it's not necessarily what they actually did but how they're portrayed in history that make them who we know them to be it's a genius play on lyrics like steven schwartz did a number on this one not my favorite song but i can recognize it's really well written pretty much anytime the wizard's singing i'm like oh pass yeah but Elphaba kind of finds herself longing once again to, like, actually just be accepted and to just, like, give it all up and, like, kind of give in against mm-hmm. her morals. But then she discovers that Dr. Dillamond is still being held and has fully lost his powers of speech. He's now a G-O-A-T with a lowercase g. And so Elphaba accuses the wizard once again of being, like, a conspiracy fraud and, like, all of this thing. So he calls the guards to arrest Elphaba. But, if we remember, Fiero has been like upgraded to the captain of the guard. So instead of the guards taking her, Fiero helps Elphaba escape and he leaves with her. Yes. Ooh, spicy. Spicy so, times. Having left with Elphaba, the one he's kind of truly longed for all along, Glinda finds herself heartbroken at his decision, knowing that all along she was never truly his, and she sings I'm Not That Girl. I love the song. I actually hate Christian Chenoweth singing it. 
Yeah, it's not. And it's a weird operatic yes. quality that it yes, should it have. Yes, it does. So yes, it does. That's but Ivy. Beautiful but I love the song. When the song's done. Yeah. Yes. But Glinda Heartbroken suggests that the wizard and Madame Morrible should use Nessa as bait to draw Elphaba out of hiding. That's all she suggests. So Madame Morrible's like, great, let me be a horrible person. And she conjures up some weather, a.k.a. the tornado. Okay. So in the She's war- the fucking Dolores Umbridge. Yeah, of- <laughs> I honestly there might be some inspiration there because it literally Ooh. is. But it's important that you know that Glinda doesn't suggest anything about that. She just says use Nessa as bait because yes. that will draw Alphabet out. So, in the woods, Alphabet and Fiera finally get it on and give in to the passion that they've had for one another since school. Now, also, this is a random thing about the book. Also, plug your ears if you're under the age of 13. (laughs) In the book, they go on and on and on about the sex scene, and they talk about, like, Alphabet's pubic hair for, like, way too long. What? Yeah. It's like way oh too, no, way too much. Yeah, it's nobody a lot. needs it's that. Oh anyway, my god! Also, I hate this. Song. Oh, I love this song. This Kiss song. me too fiercely, hold me too tight. I love this song as long as you're mine. This is the fiery, incredibly spicy song. I also just like that the last line of the song has like the most two thousands thing ever of like. So the whole thing is, Fiero asks Elphaba, like, what's wrong? Because they just got it on, and she goes, you know, for the first time in my life, I actually feel wicked and it's just this thing of like 2000s movies and shows saying the title yes and i I hate it it so i love it much but they get it on and they kind of have their intimate encounter and it's just like she finally feels like loved and desired but after their encounter Alphaba has a vision of Nessa in danger. And so Alphaba tells Fiero that she has to go see what happened. And Fiero says, that's fine. When you return, you can go to my castle in Kiamoko, which is a castle that his family owns in Winky territory. Again, going back to the lore of like, you go back to the original movie, she's got this huge castle with the Winkies. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. I just love yeah. all the connections. Yeah. But Elphaba arrives to Munchkinland only to find that Madame Morrible's weather has caused a house with Dorothy and Toto to crush her sister, killing her instantly. Again, back to that story. Yep. She also discovers that Glinda has sent Dorothy on the road to Oz with Nessa's ruby slippers. So Glinda and Elphaba argue because she just gave away her fucking sister's shoes and was like, what the heck? What's going on? And the wizard's guards arrive. So Fiero once again helps Elphaba by holding Glinda hostage while Elphaba escapes. But the guards, now seeing Fiero Fiero is a traitor. Take him to a nearby cornfield to punish him for his betrayal. Glinda pleads for them to stop. Meanwhile, we see Elphaba, who's fled and flown to the Kiamoko, the castle that he mm-hmm. owns, where she attempts to cast a spell to save Fiero from the torture and punishment he's about to endure. This is no good deed goes unpunished no act of charity goes unresented like no good deed goes unpunished honestly one of the best songs in the whole show oh yeah, it's so good. fucking good. good it's essentially her just saying all along she's been trying to do all these good things but like has it truly been good is she right. really bad should right. she just be bad and by the end of the song she just resolves to be bad yeah. she just like I'll just lean into it my favorite line of the whole show is, um, oh, shoot. We don't remember. 
No, I forget what the second word is. One and a haunts and hurts. Too much, too much to mention. Was I really seeking good or just seeking attention? Is that all good deeds are when looked at with an ice cold eye? It's just like the most beautiful words to describe like, oh, it's true. Do we really do good things because we want to be good or do we do it because we want people to see it? Yeah. It's very weird. But anyway. At the capital of Oz, the citizens unite, declaring a war against Elphaba. So Glinda kind of comes to the realization that Madame Morrible was the one who killed Nessa, even though that wasn't what Glinda right. meant or even right. suggested. Right. Now, the Ozians that are sort of like declaring war, we have Bach, who's the Tin Man. Mm-hmm. We have the Cowardly Lion, who mm-hmm. is the lion cub that grew up. Mm-hmm. And we're missing the Scarecrow, but we'll get there in just yep. a second. Yep. But the citizens all decide to kind of go in like a big mob yes. and kill the witch. Yes. And this is the March of the Winter Witch Hunters. <laughs> Go and hunter and killer. It's honestly not a great song, but when you see it live, yeah, it's, it's very incredible. Cool. It's Listening very to cool. it, not fun. Watching it, very cool. So Glinda leaves Oz to warn Elphaba that a mob is coming for her. So Glinda arrives in Kiamoko, where Elphaba now has Dorothy and Toto captive, refusing to release them until Dorothy gives up the ruby slippers she took from her sister. So Glinda attempts to convince Elphaba to let them go, but Elphaba refuses until she receives a letter stating that Fiero is dead. So... That happens. Glinda and Elphaba have one final moment together, acknowledging that they've both made mistakes in their relationship, but also acknowledging that all along they've really sort of molded each other into the people they are. And this is the song. I've heard it said that people come into our lives for a reason, for good. Now, I love this song, and I I really do, but if I hear it at one more concert, graduation, anything, I'll kill myself. See, I've heard this song at a couple funerals. Oh, yeah. And And it just... It's so sad. It's so sad. Um, but the most beautiful rendition I heard was um, our customer at St. Ambrose. Her yes. husband passed. And it oh. was kind of like an unexpected yes. um, thing. And so they did like uh, basically like a concert of alumni sort of to like yes. raise money and be there for her and all of yeah. that. And so um, they had two men Oh, sing it. and it was just gorgeous. Oh my god. Like, I don't yeah. know that I ever need to hear women sing it ever Honestly, again. <laughs> it's a beautiful song. It just, like, has been overused, especially at the point oh. when, like, we were in middle school oh, and high school. Oh, for sure. Because it was, 100%. like, the popular 100%. thing. 100%. Yep. But uh-huh. anyway. Yep. So after this song, Elphaba gives Glinda the Grimmery, and Glinda hides as the mob arrives. So as the mob arrives, Dorothy, in the infamous Wizard of Oz scene, Mm -hmm. throws a bucket of water on Elphaba, following the rumors that she will melt if the water is thrown on her. And Elphaba appears to melt into the ground, leaving only her pointy witch hat that Glinda gave to her all those years ago, and the green elixir bottle that her mother drank when pregnant. And that's all that is left. Okay. So Glinda takes the bottle back to the Emerald City, where Glinda confronts the wizard with it, saying, she's dead, are you happy? And the wizard recognized the bottle as his own that he used Uh to sell door to door. And if you've been smart enough to follow along, you've realized it before, but we finally get the official tell that the wizard is Elphaba's biological father that seduced her mother and caused her to have the green skin. Yeah. Which is the irony of all ironies that yeah. he is the one that created the thing that he was then villainizing and all right. this stuff. But right. Glinda now with all the power of the Grimmery um, banishes the wizard and sends Madame Morrible to prison. Mm-hmm. 
So, meanwhile, it is revealed that Elphaba's spell she cast in no good deed to help Fiero from being hurt while he was being beaten and punished by the mm-hmm. guards did indeed work and transformed him into a scarecrow so that he would not feel the blows of the guards as they beat and punished him. So we see Fiero as a scarecrow return to the spot where Elphaba melted, in quotes, and he knocks on the floor to reveal a trap door. Elphaba emerges alive a trick the two of them had planned to kill each other off so that no one would ever come after them again. Everyone believes Elphaba's dead. Everyone believes Fiera's dead. Yeah. That's why she wanted the paperwork that said he was yeah. dead. And that so Glinda can kind of do whatever she wants and she doesn't have to be connected to them anymore. It's kind of a genius plan yeah. of like, yeah. we're dead. We can go be mm-hmm. together. Glinda can go do her thing. Mm-hmm. And we've all had this crazy ride. So, before leaving, Elphaba regrets that she will never see Glinda again and tells her that they're alive. Um, gives her, like, a hint. I can't remember how they do this. Is it, like, she actually tells them? Or is it, like, I don't remember. I, don't remember. I need to rewatch it. Yeah, but I was going to say, it's been a long time. Glinda knows they're alive. It's all been a guise. Yeah. So, simultaneously, the musical returns to its starting point. So, Glinda finishes the story and promises the people of Oz that she will probably properly earn her title as Glinda the Good. And so, as the people celebrate and Glinda quietly mourns the death or the loss of her friends Elphaba and Fiero leave to pursue their life alone and it ends with the good news who can say if I've been changed for the better and it ends in this huge finale and your heart is just like oh so sad and but you're also crying yes, and it's you're just beautiful. like living your best life all over the place oh my gosh and that is the beautiful story that is wicked so Good no, job. I thank you. You're I was I, I thought I was proud of myself. I was proud of us. We did it. We did it. So there's no vote this week. No. But your vote, I'm very curious to know. Do you yes. think Steph is Glinda or Elphaba? Or do you think I am Glinda or Elphaba? And I think we should do it so that one of us is each. Like you I can't like that, yeah. you can't say that we're both Glindas or we're both Elphabas. In yes. the scheme of friendship, yes. who is who? Because yes. I honestly don't know. Yeah, now, that'll be interesting. Don't physic. Don't take physically into it. Well, because physically, it's... physically, I'm Glinda and you're yes. Alphaba. Like that's yes. just what it is. Yes. But like, don't take that into account. Like personality wise, I'm very curious. Who's the bigger bitch? Who's I the mean... bigger? But no, but no, no, no. Because Alphaba has her dark qualities and Glinda it's has true. her dark qualities. Which one of us is Nessa? That's the real question. Neither of us. If you put me as Nessa, I will freaking quit. But we are actually going to introduce a segment yeah. this week because we have had a lack of shit shows yes, to have. share. And Steph and I only have so many that we can share. Oh We're gosh. running dry. We, so yeah. please mm-hmm. share your shit shows. Send them to us via email. Remember, you can type them out or you can call them and record them to yep. us. It's really easy. I know lots of people have them, so please submit them. Also, I know we have lots of new listeners. Like, I see the metrics. Yes. So, like, please send them to us. Like, we won't share your name if you don't want to. Nope. Like. It'll be fine. But we're going to introduce a new segment just to add a little something personal. And what did you say we should call it? The good shit. The good shit list. The good yeah, shit instead list. of like a shit list, the good shit yeah. list. And this is where Steph and I are just going to share like three or four things that we're obsessed with, like for the week. Yeah. So this can be TV, movies, influencer time. Influencer. I hate you. <laughs> but like anything. So like it can be foods we're loving. It can be yeah. like just yep. dumb shit. Yep. But like just like a good way to end it. Yep. And also for you to get to know us a little bit more outside yep. of musical theater. So yeah. Should we just go back and forth? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. You want to go first? Uh, I can go first. Yes. I was going to say I have a couple. Yes. So my first, how many are we going to do? Like three? Three. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So um, my first one, um, my first good shit is uh, 
Nine Perfect Strangers on Hulu. <gasps> Kathy Warren is rejoicing oh, when you said that she's been begging gosh. me to watch. It's so they just aired like the season finale, and I, it's a limited run series, so like the end of the show. Um, on Wednesday, and oh my gosh, you guys, like it's so good. Yeah, the cast okay. is stacked. It's based on a Leanne Moriarty novel. Um, it is just incredible. And it was really interesting because I was reading up on it like before the show started. Okay. And they said it's really hard to classify what genre yeah. the show is. Because it's like dark, but it's also funny. Right? It's dark, but it's funny. But there's some romance. There's some like not really sci-fi, but like kind of. it. Yeah, uh, there's like a little bit of like... Uh, almost like politics into okay. it of like, you know, what things should be allowed and what things should you know that whole thing but it just oh my gosh it's so good and like the ending was so good and I had not read the book beforehand okay. um I kind of want to read it now even though I know what like I know how it's gonna play out okay. but just to see um but I I'll watch it again like it was I really enjoyed it I thought okay. it was very good so if you're looking for something it okay. is definitely right. more like mature adults yeah. um there's some adult themes and things but like that good. but very good very okay. good highly enjoyed it so I guess I'll go with TV for my first one, too. So somebody posted on Facebook about a documentary series. And so I was like, okay, I'll watch it because it looks really interesting. And also it's about, okay, so the documentary, I'll just, like, cut to the chase. Yeah. It's called Lula Rich. Yes. On Amazon yes. Prime. Yes. Okay. I get contacted by MLM high school, like, people that I went to high school with or college people, like, weekly. Mm-hmm. It's, like, really bad. Yeah. And so I was like, ooh, I want to watch this because I'm just like, will they dig on it? Will they actually reveal what? It yeah. is the most fucking interesting thing I've ever heard because it's all about how like manipulative that company was and like how it was a pyramid scheme and it's yep. so I watched all six episodes in a day like I oh could not stop I was up to like probably midnight watching wow. so good so Amazon Prime Lula Rich so good check it out good to know good to know yeah okay so my next thing I thought I would share this because I got one of these the other day and one of my friends was like what I've never heard of this so obviously it's pumpkin spice season obviously now I used to be a big like pumpkin spice latte girl mm-hmm. until a couple years ago I notoriously get like one to two sinus infections and when yeah. I get my sinus infections this is gonna sound really gross but like I can like taste it yeah. in my mouth yeah. like it just gross. I can tell yeah. Yeah. so a couple years back I happened to get a sinus infection that coincided with the beginning of pumpkin spice latte okay. season and so now when I drink a PSL it like, like it yeah. tastes like a sinus infection it just reminds yeah. yeah and so like I can't I can't do pumpkin yeah. spice lattes there. and I also am kind of not a huge Starbucks fan anymore yeah, like I will either. drink it out of convenience but that's really about it but what I will still drink of theirs that I don't have issues with if you order a chai tea latte yes. and have them add the pumpkin yeah. sauce to it. So, so good. good. And yeah. I am not a hot hot tea drinker normally, but like so I like it hot. I like chai. it iced. It's so good. Yeah. You just have to make sure that you order it as a chai tea latte with pumpkin sauce because if you order um, like a pumpkin chai tea latte, they will make you the PSL and put the chai in it. Oh, and it's so it's then it's the thing. dirty chai yeah. and it's it's not, not as good. good. Okay. So good to know. So there you go. I had one this week and it was delicious. I'm going to follow your suit. I actually had planned it out in my head and so it's just funny. Oh, great. I'm going to do a food one. So okay. it's like, it's not Perfect. Starbucks or I coffee, but 
I am obsessed. My go-to candy has mm-hmm. changed. Uh-huh. The the Nerds Gummy Clusters. Yes, you were talking about these. It's like a Nerds Rope, but chopped up into bite-sized oh, pieces. sounds amazing. It's so good. It's gummy and crunchy and sweet and tart and a little sour. Oh my god, so good. It's my new go-to whenever I go to Target and I'm like, mm-hmm. I want something a little sweet. Yeah. Get a pack of those. Oh, so good. So it's good. It's going to be my, holi- uh, my Halloween standard, I think, this oh year. Oh my gosh, so, I love Nerds it. Gummy Clusters, I find them at Target, but I think okay. you can, I think I found them at the dollar store, too. So. Sweet. Everywhere. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Your final. Oh my gosh. Uh, My final good shit. I am. Sounds like we're talking about poop. I know. It really does. It really does. I was going to say, we've we've been talking about this. I'm going to go with podcasts. Yeah. But we've been talking about this a lot. But um, Something Was Wrong is going to be my good shit because they, um, they, like, aired the, like, last episode before the final episode this week and this season has just been it's been as good as the first season oh my gosh absolutely it has absolutely it's been so good if you've not listened to us before we've definitely talked about this podcast multiple times Megan discovered it but essentially each season is like a different story about people like Really getting catfished, quite honestly. Like, but like major catfish. But major yeah, catfishing. And so this season, it's two people's storylines that kind of like Intersect. intertwine yeah. with the same like catfishing individual. It's crazy. And it's just been like, I like. It's crazy. It does not seem like real life. No. And so while I've been listening to this one, I've also been bouncing back to some of the earlier seasons yes, that I hadn't listened to yet. And so I think I'll be fully. I still am just like, what yes, the fuck? Yes. I like, I'm almost almost fully caught up so but I've been listening to that and I also I have an extreme story from my past that I've been kind of toying with should I send in or not since (gasps) I've been listening to it you could and just see if they ever do one-off episodes but like you don't really want to share it but yeah I it's just it it's a lot I'm fine I'm fine but it was something that happened in my past that was like sort of catfishy so to recap my good shit list before Megan finishes hers off um watch Nine Perfect Strangers on Hulu go get yourself a chai tea latte with pumpkin sauce I prefer ice but it is good hot and then listen to Something Was Wrong the current season is season nine yes season nine and it is insane I love it okay but what's your last one my final one is actually the book I'm currently reading I'm reading it's called the ladies of the secret circus oh I'm the kind of person I just go to the library and I look at what like the new arrivals are Mm -hmm. and I just pick two or three that sound Mm -hmm. interesting just because I don't like to buy books um, because they just stay in my house and I just end up giving them away and so I I just always go to the library so I found this one I was like oh this sounds interesting and it was it's so good I'm almost done with it it's about like a, a secret circus it's about a magic secret circus but mm-hmm. it sort of has like layers of like hell intertwined oh. with it but it's about this woman whose like husband goes missing on, on their wedding day and like how she's intertwined with it it's very good it sounds Shit. really weird but it's really good so the ladies of the secret circus awesome. really really wonderful so my list as a recap is Lula Rich, the documentary on Amazon Prime, Nerds Gummy Rope Clusters, or Nerds Gummy Clusters, whatever they are, and then my book, The Ladies of the Secret Circus. Love so it. That's your good shit love for this it. week. Your good shit. Your good shit. That's our new tag. Your I good love shit. It. The, the good, good shit. shit.
Like all right. It. I think that's all for today. Cast your vote for a Glinda Elphaba who's who yes. on our Instagram and Facebook. Hopefully you enjoyed this week's episode, even though the format was a little different. Yes. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Please give us a love. Great. Send us some cringy photos. Yes. So. Stuff's getting plunged in the depths. Guys, I am just digging at the bottom of the barrel right now. And I know there's some more of mine out there, but I just don't, don't want to disclose do everything. So we might have to go back to Megan's uh, no. sixth grade wombat photo no. that we just need to use for everything because that photo makes me happy all the time it's so good oh i hate myself send us your cringy photos cast your votes for glinda alpha buzz and send us your shit shows for the love of god for the love of god i think that's all i think so okay bye we tried. tried